freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening and watching wherever you get your podcast and video podcast subscribe share like comment and rate us you can find us on instagram youtube and twitch at unsolicited underscore perspectives on twitter and tiktok at unsolicited underscore per watch us live every thursday night 7 30 p.m eastern on youtube and twitch our audience continues to grow with each and every episode and i humbly thank you on today's episode, it's a sibling happy hour. I'm here with my sis, Jay Andrea. We're going to be deadly-dialing a little bit. Then we're going to be talking about serious subject matters and the oppression of American history. And then we're going to talk about a TikTok. What is respect versus obedience? But first things first. Hey there, podcast listeners. It's Bruce Anthony here. And welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Perspectives. Today... I want to talk to you about something that's been on my mind lately, the importance of staying hydrated and taking care of ourselves. Whether it's prioritizing our health and wellness or gearing up for festival seasons or just gearing up for whatever season or time of year, there's one brand that's been my go-to for all things hydration, Liquid IV. Speaking of health and wellness, let's dive into how Liquid IV can fuel your well-being. Imagine starting your day off right, feeling refreshed and energized. Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier is the missing piece in your daily routine. With just one stick, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. It's perfect for those early mornings, pre-workout boosts, moments when you're just feeling run down, or even after a late night or long flights. I absolutely love how convenient Liquid IV is. The packaging makes it easy to bring with me wherever I go. And let me tell you, it's become vital daily part of my routine. The flavors, <laughs> let me tell you something, they're incredible. From refreshing sea berry and strawberry lemonade to classics like lemon lime and watermelon, there's a flavor for every preference. It's like a burst of hydration with a hint of deliciousness. Picture this. One stick of liquid IV mixed in 16 ounces of water, hydrating you two times faster and more efficient than water alone. And with 12 mouth water and flavors, you'll never get bored with your hydration routine. Plus, liquid IV is packed with five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course, vitamin C. It's also made with premium ingredients, non-GMO, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. This is hydration at its finest, but it doesn't stop there. Liquid IV believes that access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. That's why they partner with leading organizations finding innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. It's incredible to know that Liquid IV has already donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. They truly walk the talk. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code unsolicited at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code unsolicited at liquidiv.com. Remember, folks, taking care of ourselves should always be a priority. So why wait? Head over to liquidiv.com, pick your favorite flavors, and experience hydration like never before. Stay refreshed, stay hydrated. 
and keep rocking those unsolicited perspectives. What up, sis? What up, brother? You know, I can't call it. Just chilling. That's our, that's our <laughs> little slogan. That's our little slogan. We uh, launched a, the new logo was launched yesterday on all mm-hmm. our social media sites and, yes. and all that stuff. It is so cool. I like the new logo a lot. I like it too. I, I, I like it. I like it. I like the logo. Okay. The transparency logo. I should have had it be on air in the background because the transparency logo is basically what you're going to be using for all your merch. I can't put the main show background because uh, it has the background, which is the setup of my studio. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be like this, like if it's a white shirt, it's this big square in the middle. Yeah. I guess it could work, but eh, I don't know. I don't, I, well, the on-air logo, that wasn't exactly an original mock-up he made, correct? Uh, the, which mean the original? Like, did he pull that from somewhere or did he write, did he draw that up himself? No, you sent you sent the exact thing. I said the, the the exact uh vector file. I said use this. This is perfect. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I said use this. I mean, I guess I could put it on a transparency logo. I don't think you need it. I like the transparency logo as is. I think it just I, I, make I think it just adds another thing and you don't need a thing. Especially if you got it on a sweatshirt, we're gonna have words on a sweatshirt. It's I think Well the words the words are going to be on the back. The T-shirt, the words on uh, is on the it's on the, on the T-shirt back. that we're going to do, uh, and sweatshirts. I'm not even going to make the sweatshirts now. As high as it is, the last 15 days been the hottest 15 days, yeah, in in 15 day history. Yes. So ain't nobody buying no sweatshirts right now. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> need to. I don't even need to do the mock-ups for those. This is going to be right. some T-shirts and a short set. <laughs> Some draws and some socks. Not some draws and some socks, but yeah, some draws and some socks. Yeah, but the merch store. I I want to say that I want to officially launch it on the first. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm designing the shirts now. Okay, and I I don't I don't know what I'm doing, so just give me a little time and stuff. The, the, well, the, the, it just the... it just needs to really be the logo and stuff first. Like we can get into other t-shirt designs later. I think yeah. just the inaugural shirts just need just put the logo on there and, and just it, leave get, it like that and just get it out there. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. But put the words in the back. You can, yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just just the first one. Welcome, first of all, welcome. Yeah. All right. I, what's the grammar that should go with that? Should it be welcome exclamation point? First of all, comma welcome exclamation point. No, that's no. Because that's proper sentence structure. I mean, yeah, but I I would write it colloquially, like I would write it the way that it's said. I don't I don't know what that word. I've I heard just, that word I before. I just about. defined it after I said it. I would write it the way that it's <laughs> the way that it's said. <laughs> writing the way you speak is writing colloquially. I can't even say say quote colloquially. Colloquially, that's, I, I, well, that's actually close. That's pretty close. It's close. Yeah. I, I, I was talking with a friend of mine earlier today, and uh, I, I, I'm not going to betray his confidence, but we were talking about a, partic- a particular subject, and he DM'd me a meme later on that day that was pertaining to that subject. Mm-hmm. And 
<laughs> I said to him, I was like, yeah, that was apropos what you sent to me. And he was like, I don't understand what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> and, and he was, I was like, apropos, like appropriate. Yeah. And he was like, I never heard that word before. I was like, you're a college educated person. You never, you never heard that word before. You and he was like, well, how do you spell it? I want to look it up. And I was like, oh, I don't know how to spell it. <laughs> I, like, I know how to say it, but I don't. I don't know how to say it. So Again, I said it in the Siri. Like a built-in spell check on your yeah, phone. I said it, yeah, I said it in the Siri, and she she understood what I was trying to say. Yeah. But he, he, he did a funny joke. He said he was like, I said, yeah, it's apropos. He said, I ain't no damn hoe. I was like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 funny. That's, that's funny. That's funny, but <laughs> let's be adults here. But, but you know how I said it was funny? I said it that way. I was like, okay. That's funny. I think when people do that, when people say that's funny, instead of cracking up sometimes, that that means that it's actually funnier than when something makes you crack up sometimes because yeah. you understand the intelligence and that humor. Not saying that, that that was like super intelligent, but it was just it like, wasn't. it was clever. Yeah. It was clever. I don't know that it was that clever. I just think it was, you know, some... <laughs> It was apropos. So, some comical wordplay, but <laughs> okay, uh, <yes. laughs> I don't know that it was all that. I ain't know how. I got. I get. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Well, that's enough about me. What's up with you? How are you doing out here in these streets? I mean, I'm not in the streets. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's hot. <laughs> uh, I went to go get the mail and I almost melted. So I just said, I'm not in the streets enough for me this summer. Not this summer. No. no you know not- what? I might be in the streets this fall. You might That's catch me in the streets in November. You could catch me in the streets in the fall. Yeah. You can catch me in the streets in the fall in a nice layered, you know, sweater set uh, <laughs> <laughs> and some boots. That's where you can catch me in the streets because ain't no way in the hell. Well, that's like, <laughs> you know, I, we talked about this. I forget which episode it was. I think it was probably on the After Hours episode. But I had my birthday party last week and the whole intention was to have it on a rooftop. And, you know, have a good time. And one of my friends was like, you want to do it where? On the rooftop? Yeah. Are you sure about that? I was like, yeah, you know, I love the rooftop at this place. I love it. We couldn't get the rooftop because the owner had it booked over because he was throwing his own party. So we was downstairs in the patio. And when I tell you, I was sweating profusely mm-hmm. immediately. Mm-hmm. And 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 then I was like, man, the hell with this. Let's go inside. <laughs> and yeah. even still, it took a long time to cool off inside. Yeah. I don't know what you were thinking. I, I was thinking that it, it was like last well, summer, and last summer we, we was on top thinking of the about roof. climate change. Listen, the climate is changing. It's Quickly. not. It's not going to be the same as it was last summer. No. Period. And, and next summer is going to be hotter than this it's summer. It's going to be even hotter. So I, I guess fall is now my season because I hate winter because it's cold. Right. Spring, I can't breathe or function because of the pollen. I'm allergic to everything. Yeah, I don't know that anybody likes spring. For that particular no, reason, I don't think a lot of people. There's some people that's not allergic, like you and I, that can actually breathe I, throughout I feel their like nose. The level of pollen that's out now affects literally a hundred percent of people <laughs> I, <laughs> because there's I don't know so if it's 100%. much of it. It's like a thick blanket you're walking through. It is that keeps it smacking is. you in the face. So I think it affects honestly a hundred percent of people. Well, yeah, okay, maybe. But spring is no good. (laughs) It'd be real thick. It'd be a paste. 
yes. and be at peace. Yes. People are like, I can't wait for it to rain to wash it away. I'm like, look, let me tell you something. When dust and water mix, <laughs> you know what that is? That's mud. That's and mud. It's enough, pollen, it's enough pollen out here to create mud everywhere. You yes. think it's mud from dirt. No, that's pollen. That's pollen. If it's yellow mud, guess what? That's pollen. And you just got it all <laughs> on your shoes. You attract it all in your house. And then, uh, yeah, so I guess fall is the only... Well, fall is actually since we out of school now. Mm-hmm. Fall is my favorite time of year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It is really my favorite time of year. I've got my favorite holidays are happening in the fall. Um, Halloween? No, just, no, just Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> just, is that still fall or is that winter? I don't think winter to me winter starts in December. But maybe that's just because in Atlanta, I mean it just does not get cold until like January, February. But for me, fall is September, October, November. That's fall to me. Okay. All right. All right. We we've been dilly dallying enough. We have been dilly dallying. I mean, <laughs> now I have to look up when is when is actual fall. Uh, but but you know the people have been asking me and it's like you gonna talk about this and uh, yes yeah, so sep- I did. September twenty third to December twenty first if anybody is wondering that is December twenty first yeah December twenty first that is autumn so Thanksgiving okay all right yeah. all right and that's almost Christmas Christmas mm-hmm. is almost a fall holiday almost Christmas is almost fall almost almost all right let's get to Carly Russell. People have been asking you about this, about your opinion. Yeah, they were like, about my opinion. So if you don't know who Carly Russell is, Carly Russell is the young woman in Alabama that disappeared between January 13th and January 15th. July. Um, yeah, excuse me. July. I've been saying July. I've been saying January for July a lot. I don't know why, but I've been doing either. it. I don't, uh, 43. This is what happens when you get old. Anyway, uh, July 13th into July 15th, she was missing. What she basically said was, is that uh, she saw a baby. <laughs> it was a baby in the road. Hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. So she saw a baby in the road. She called 911. Then she was abducted. Uh, she said that uh, she was she claimed to be taken by a man who came out of the trees when she stopped to check on the child. And then she was blindfolded and held at a home uh, with another woman and a child. And basically that uh, she escaped and got home on foot. And the Hoover police chief, Nick, I'm going to butcher this like I always butcher names. Uh, Darvez. The police chick, uh, Nick Darvez, is casting doubt on her statements, uh, saying that he couldn't find anything about any baby or any abduction. And her phone reveals searches about Amber Alerts, a movie about abduction called Taken, uh, and a bus ticket to Nashville, Tennessee, departing the day of the disappearance. Mm -hmm. Uh, He also found Internet searches before the kidnapping that were highly unusual. And people out there were trying to get what my opinion would be. Uh, what is your opinion before I say mine? Um, I kind of want you to go first. Okay, I'll go first. Yeah. Could it be a juicy smooth lace uh, situation? It could be. Yes. And I'm not saying that it is or it isn't. She could be lying. She could be telling the truth. That's not the story to me. The story to me is how quickly, how quickly this the police department is willing to put out there that they base a hint 
very strongly that they don't believe her story. Mm-hmm. When there have been a lot of situations where women have faked abductions and they don't normally come out this quickly. And I just wonder, I just wonder why the police department would be so adamant to cast doubt upon her story. She could be lying and I'm not disputing that. I'm I'm disputing the quickness of which this this police department is trying to dispute her story. And it just, you know, I I hate to do it to y'all folks, but I think race got a little something to play in this. I think it does. And it's not like women don't get abducted all the time. Hell, they just finally arrested the guy in Long Island that they think is a serial killer that's killed a lot of women in Long Island, right? So women get abducted every day, B, every day. So it's very well possible that this happened. But the fact that the police department is casting doubt so early, this is July 20th. She was she returned home July 15th. Today wasn't the day that they decided to cast doubt. It was the 18th. Mm-hmm. So, and they haven't even interviewed her a second time. They only did the initial interview. And she's shaken up. Now, could she be lying? Yes. And the story sounds a little fishy. However, why do we give other people the benefit of a doubt, but not some people? I'm just saying this was a little white woman. It'd be a long time before the police started casting doubt. That's all. So that's my take on all this. My And my overall take, because I kind of felt bad for the guy in Long Island. And this is what I mean by that. I'm not saying I think he's innocent or guilty. That 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 is not the basis of my argument. It's how the media is portraying it. He's already portrayed as guilty. If this man happens to be innocent, it doesn't matter how many retractions that go on in the news, he will always be looked at as this serial killer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the media need I, so many people are quick to get to the story that they don't journalism school one-on-one if you're a reporter, to get all your facts first. How do I right. know this? Because I started out in journalism. Same. At, at, that was my first major, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference between a columnist and a reporter. A columnist writes their opinions. Mm-hmm. I'm a columnist. I give opinions. A reporter reports just the facts and leaves it alone. These people aren't out here getting all the facts before they report on these stories because there's a need to be first. So that's I don't care if she lied or she if she told the truth. There's a reason if she lied and there's a reason if she's telling the truth, something happened. But I don't care about that. I care about the media and its need to, to automatically produce innocence or guilt. Okay, that was my little two cents that lasted about five minutes. So what do you think? So the numbers are um, kind of all over the place, but... The NAACP reports that there are 64,000 missing Black women in this country. Um, Other reports show that it's closer to 100,000 missing. Mm. Missing. Um, So when we hear, uh, and, and mind you, you're not seeing them on the news every day. 
Mm-mm. You're not seeing these faces. There are just families out there with no answers to where their loved one is. Mm-hmm. So when you see someone like Carly Russell, and I remember uh, when I did, my timeline was kind of just flooded with, have you seen this person? And uh, it was just last week. So obviously I remember mm-hmm. it. Literally just a week ago. <laughs> yeah, it was just a week ago. Um, when you see someone like that and you see a community rallying around to kind of amplify this person and hope that they're found and then they are found. Um, Whatever, whether she was lying or telling the truth, I don't, what I want to take away from this is like, we can't use that as a barometer for how we're going to judge all missing black women from now on. Mm. What was the most discouraging thing to the about this to me is the number of black people literally salivating over this the way that they were so into the juicy samuye. <laughs> we ain't never going to pronounce that young man's name <laughs> no. right, ever. No, we're never going to do it. After somebody called him juicy, uh, I think it was Dave Chappelle. Uh, that's it. That's his name from now on. That's his name. But um, couldn't wait to say, hmm, I have something suspicious about this. Even before that press conference today about her search history, um, you know, searching for things like, do you have to pay for an Amber Alert or um, and searching for the movie Taken, which... <laughs> and which, by the way, if I... Something ever happens to me and people look at my search history and just the random things I'd be searching. I, I really don't want to be judged on that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes in literally in the middle of the night, I'd be like, what is this? I just Googled on air. When is autumn? Right. <laughs> okay. Like, right. <laughs> like I, I really don't want people looking through my search history. I don't no, know. No. I don't know that there was really a racial component so much as she came home safely or relatively safely. Relatively safely, yeah. And so instead of being able to put her face on a t-shirt and put make her name into a hashtag, it was the gross reaction that people had to her coming back safely. And I'm like, isn't that what we were all hoping for? Yeah. Regardless of the circumstances, we still Regardless didn't know if it's true or not where she's she home was. Safe. Right. We right. still didn't know where she was. We didn't know this. We don't know the circumstances. We don't know where she was. And the whole point was that she get home safely, regardless of what that means. Mm hmm. And so I would just encourage anybody who's like really being real weird about the fact that they don't believe her or it's suspicious. I want I want them to question why they seem so hype over the fact that you don't believe her. Yeah, because I had some friends of mine in a group chat. And they send a side by side. It's a meme going around. Juicy Smule and then uh, yeah. Carly uh, what's Richardson. I just had Carly the name. Russell. 
Russell, Russell Richardson. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, she might be lying about that. We don't know. <laughs> Let no. me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> but no. And I was just like, I didn't even respond to it. And I was like, so here we go. Yeah. Right. We'll be so quick, you know, and, and, and I got on this thing. It was like, if she was white, let me attack our people. Mm-hmm. We are so quick sometimes to attack each other and, and, and make, a, what's the word that I'm looking for? Did we just so quick to jump on each other? Yeah. And especially attacking the credibility of black women in our community. Oh. Well, you've said it all often, you know, people don't like women in general. Women yeah. are not liked in general mm-hmm. and black women are especially not liked. Yes. Uh, people don't like it when I say that it's true. I love women. I think one of my friends keeps bringing up the fact that I ain't seen hidden figures or the lady King or any of them other movies. But one day me, I'm the friend. It's you and somebody else. Oh, okay. it's, it, it's, it's you and somebody else calling me to task. Yeah. And it was like, why you ain't seen hidden figures yet? I also haven't seen the banker. So I'm an equal opportunity. Don't want to see no movies, but, but <laughs> no, it's just like, we attack ourselves and some stuff like I feel like need to be in-house and don't mm-hmm. need to be out in public because yeah, that just gives fuel to the fire of people that are already trying to oppose us. And then I'll get to in the next segment how they're trying to oppose us. But I feel like we need to keep that dirty laundry in-house. Yeah, if that's the way you feel. We can we can whisper it among ourselves, but don't everybody got to know what we many, There are way too many TikToks. Mm-hmm. About she lying, y'all. You see this? She lying, y'all. Okay, well, what is what? What's that doing? What's that doing for you aside from generating clicks? What? How is but that? You know helping, how is that helping the situation? You could have used that platform to amplify somebody who is missing. That doesn't get clicks. Okay, controversy then, gets clicks, right? But then, then, then again, you have to ask yourself, what kind of person am I? Yes. So one of my friends brought it up to me uh, and no knock to this podcast. I, I listened to this podcast. Um, and one of my friends brought it up to me is like, I need you to kind of I like I like your podcast, but I like Joe Button and like Joe Button has a very popular podcast. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I can understand why you would like Joe Button. But I was like, well, why? What's wrong with my podcast? You don't be talking about anything juicy. I was like, I don't. I, I guess I just talk about intellectual juicy and not messy juicy, which, by the way, I do talk about messy juicy as well. Just not as much as Joe, uh, uh, Joe Budden. I would say and, we're and not I, a real pop culture. When this uh, is not a pop culture podcast. No, because I'm I because I don't care about that stuff. No. I don't care if, about... if you're looking for the shade room. You you no. have the wrong podcast. Yeah, no, that's one. I don't know any of those people. I don't know I, wh- any of those people. You you asked John who's Blueface. Well, I do I know who Blueface is. I think you're talking about the Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> I literally don't know. I don't know if he's an athlete. He's or, a rapper. Okay. He's a rapper. I mean, yeah. okay. I don't know. <laughs> and yeah, I don't like, care. So yeah, that's that's the key. Don't care. I we're talking about stuff care. that we actually that we actually deem is important and other people actually enjoy it. So this yeah. is how this is how I'm gonna run this podcast network. Yeah. Will there be will there be a podcast one day where it just it'll be like some shade room? I guess maybe. Maybe but it's down the line. I like talking about semi serious stuff and serious stuff. But what is your final 
Do you have any other final words to say about Carly? Um, I'm I'm glad that she's home. I don't whatever yeah. you know ends up becoming of this story because again, um, it's still in the early stages of the investigation. All that we know right now is that she Googled some stuff. That's, um, it. that's all we know. That's all we know. We still don't know where this young woman was. Um, and apparently she came home in a state, according to her parents, in a, in a bad right. state. So they can't talk about it because the investigation is still ongoing. So whatever happened- They can't I'm, talk about who can't Who can't talk about it? Her, her that, parents are not talking about it. Well, the, the cops sure are talking about what they don't believe happened. Right. They sure are hinting about that. And that was my issue. That's yeah. my issue. Yeah. Like- it's it's really soon to be if if you have doubt, cool, but it's really soon to be putting that out in the media. Yeah. And then it was something like she had a hundred dollars in her pocket and her her boss was like, if she stole it, I'm gonna press charges. And I'm just like, whoa, what, what makes you think that she stole it from you? Like because she Googled how to take something from a register without getting caught. I, guess what? There is no way to take something from a register without getting caught nah. because there's records in the back and they know what's been yes. rung up yeah. and, and, and what's missing. So that that just it, that's what pissed me off. That's what pissed me off the media. Yeah. The media pissed me off. Yeah, but um, I just don't. I'm just happy that she's home and I'm not going to let this. The next person that comes up missing, because there will be a next one. I'm still going to amplify that person the same way. And I'll still be just as happy when that person comes back home, because even, uh, even if it is a hoax, okay, well, there were real people on the other end of that, that were worried about her. Mm -hmm. Um, she had two parents who were incredibly worried about her and we don't know, what made her do something like this? If it was some issue of trying to get her boyfriend's attention or she's having a mental health crisis. So we don't really know. Um, the point is you don't know. Don't know. So just shut up. Like, again, this is a situation where mind your business, like mind your business. Like honestly, mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. know how else to say that. Just mind your business. And if it is a hoax, that happens from time to time. People make false statements. That shouldn't take away from the overwhelming number of cases that absolutely are legitimate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Quit being born with your lazy ass, just eating dinner and watching TV every night. We're going to change it up tonight. Next time, pull out a Wongo puzzle and enjoy the conversation and fun that happens when people puzzle together. Wongo is a perfect balance of good challenge without being so hard you stop talking to each other and leave your family forever. I know I'm close to that almost every time me and my family get together. Trust me, once you try Wongo, you'll never go back to that boring, old-ass jigsaw puzzle. They are 100% wooden pieces, so they'll last forever. Each piece is hand-drawn, so no two pieces are the same, and you'll discover some fun, whimsy pieces as you work through it. They come in a custom wooden box, which is perfect for storage and gifting. With stunning designs and unique shape, Wongo puzzles are a cut above the rest. I love doing the snow globe puzzle myself. It was great to pull out a puzzle and be done in a night and not have to worry about it being on the table for a week. Well, not on the table, on the floor. And definitely not for a week because crypto would mess it up. So what are you waiting for? 
Go to wongopuzzles.com and pick your puzzle today. And be sure to use the promo code unsolicited to get 10% off your order. This is the most fun you've had with a puzzle guaranteed or your money back. Go to wongopuzzles.com and use code unsolicited to get 10% off your order and get puzzling right now. All right, sis. Now more. Now on to more serious stuff. Uh, not that you know, Carly wasn't black women getting serious. abducted and serious yeah, to you. That's serious. And and I brought up the the racial component. And I don't know if I'm right or wrong. I'm just and and maybe I'm taking my own personal because I am black. Just like man, they real quick to they real quick to discredit a black person, right? Uh, but in this instance. They are discrediting Black people. So the Florida Board of Education has a new standards for African-American history. They approved new standards for African-American history that required teachers to instruct that enslaved people, when they say enslaved, they talk about the slave Black people Mm -hmm. uh, from slavery. That was over 400 years, but only ended like 160 years ago. It it, it, it wasn't that long. Not even 160 years. It It was like 140 years. You're right. Think about that. It was 140 years. We said 150. It was 140 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. That to, uh, they require that teachers to instruct and enslave people develop skills, which in some instances could be applied for their personal benefit. Let me repeat that, ladies and gentlemen. They're trying to say that slavery actually benefited Black folks. The new academic standards have been criticized as a big step backward, and there's been overwhelming backlash from the public against the new standards. This is one part of the education being pushed back in America, just the most recent stories. Mm -hmm. There's another story that happened this week. Tallahassee Coates supported a teacher in South Carolina. Why did he support a teacher in South Carolina? He attended a school board meeting in South Carolina to show support for a teacher who had a lesson about his book, Between the World and Me, stopped. So she was teaching, by the way, this was an advanced English course. Mm -hmm. Okay. She was teaching a class based upon the book. And the South Carolina school district halted the lesson on Coates' memoir, and Coates appeared at the school board meeting to discuss the plan. Ban, but he he stayed silent. The controversy is because uh, Mary Wood, who is the high school teacher, taught the lesson, but it was stopped after students expressed feeling uncomfortable and ashamed to be Caucasian. Caucasian is white, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the school officials were concerned that the lesson could violate a South Carolina budget rule banning teachings that label anyone as consciously or unconsciously racist based on their race and causing discomfort, guilt, and anguish based on race. So in one instance, they're saying white people shouldn't feel guilty. Mm-hmm. But in another instance, they're saying well, black people shouldn't feel guilty because y'all learn some skills. That's basically what they're saying in both instances. Right. And I just find it funny that they're trying to they're trying to rewrite American history to placate white guilt, which, by the way, I've said it before. 
guilt is that arrow arrow on your moral compass. Mm -hmm. If you feel guilty about something, then morally you think it's wrong. And if you think it's wrong morally, maybe you should give pause. Now that doesn't say that you should be like, I feel bad about being white, but you should definitely feel bad about what those people did. And that's what the guilt is from. Yeah. It's okay. That's fine. Yeah. I think that's healthy. That's how we learn how to not repeat history, but by brandishing it away because people feel guilty. All the while I was in honors English classes, one of either one or two other black people that during the month of February, they would give us our little civil rights week and we would watch eyes on the prize. And then I would get asked, so Bruce, what do you think? What do I think? Oh, that makes me feel real uncomfortable as the only black person in this white space. Right, right. That's watching these black people being beat up on the screen and white people in the classroom just kind of looking away, not paying attention. They don't care. They're indifferent. Mm -hmm. But I feel some type of way about it. You don't care about my feelings, which, nah. by the way, it needs to be taught. But if you don't care about my feelings, why do you care about the next person's feelings? Why are they worth more than I am? So that's that's my little two cents. Go ahead and well, cousin, dig in. Well, we know the best and the brightest aren't coming out of Florida. So, <laughs> you know, college admission boards, you know, just keep that on your radar because these kids are learning lies. Um, do they think we didn't have farming in West Africa? I find that very weird. We learned uh, nothing. So I'm kind of concerned that they know very little about the world. Uh is it that surprising that they don't know that uh, there were agrarian societies in Africa? No, that's not surprising to me at all. Nah, nah. Um, but uh, definitely new farming before we got here. Um, I don't know why you would pick, pick a people to kidnap and enslave who didn't already have some knowledge of the job. So that's just seems dumb. Um, no, we learned nothing except uh, about uh, racism. That's what we learned about. We learned um, we learned that. Well, and we oppression. We learned about oppression. Racism about came a, later. We learned about oppression and bigotry. Uh, yeah. And we learned that the United States is not a safe place for us. Um, and you're continuing to teach us that the United, United States is not a safe place for us. Because nobody is taking, like you said, into consideration the fact that um, you are telling young Black students in front of other races of students that mm -hmm. there was something beneficial, that they should take away some, there was some personal benefit in, in enslavement. You don't think that that's not going to have some kind of adverse effect on that black child hearing this? It, oh, they don't care about the black children. They only care about the white no, children. No, they don't. Um, because again, this is not, and I said this before about a lot of stuff that's going on right now with the Supreme Court decisions and and different uh, other because Florida is not obviously not the only place that's doing this. You got South Carolina. No, so South Carolina. Yeah, you know everybody has their own kind of version across the South of these anti woke legislation. Know, 
But I saw a court. I, I, I want to hear what you had to say. So hold that thought. Don't forget that thought. But mm-hmm. I just want to put this in. I saw a correlation. Uh, remember, we talked about how they, they a lot of the pro-life um, states support the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So I looked at what states actually have the death penalty. Mm-hmm. It's literally every southern state except for Virginia and Maryland. Mm-hmm. And every state out on the, on the from the southern line to the west, except for, you know, California and uh, Oregon, I believe. And surprisingly, Alaska doesn't have the death penalty. And of course, Hawaii don't have the death penalty. And and as far as the Midwest concerned, like the Montanas, the Idahos, the Dakotas, they got them. And then Ohio has it, Ohio and Indiana, because mm-hmm. of course, Indiana. Mm-hmm. But surprisingly, if you look at the correlation between the states that are, quote unquote, peeling back CTR, CRT, mm-hmm. right? And the abortion rights, they also support the death penalty. So we were right in that correlation mm-hmm. of they don't give a damn about life. They they care about control. But continue on to what you were saying. Yeah. So you're seeing it a lot um, with all these different anti-woke things. They're trying. It's not about the disenfranchisement of Black people. It is about, like I've said before, the um, it's about supporting white supremacy. It's because you see it that they only care about the feelings of the white children. No mm-hmm. one is asking the black children or the or children of any other race because it's not just going to be us. It's not just going to be us. It starts. Yeah. It's starting with us. Mm-hmm. But you're going to see changes to Latin and Hispanic history. You're going to see changes to indigenous American history. You're going to see, well, see changes I, to Asian American history. I, there's, I, I would say that we weren't the first that were the first group that was attached, attacked no, as far as diluting our history. It's probably yeah, indigenous it, Americans. It was, it's, it's them. Be, look, hey, look, we, don't look, I'm, I don't like to compare traumas. I won't. Right. There, to me, some of the greatest atrocities have been what's been done to uh, the indigenous folks of this of this land, black folks and Jewish folks. Mm-hmm. There is no comparison of the tragedies. They are all horrible. Right. But I tell you, what does not get spoken about a lot, especially in this country, is what happened to the indigenous folks. Because, look, this is the one thing I will say. I see us walking around. I see black folks walking around. Mm-hmm. I don't see a lot of Native Americans walking around. I yeah. mean, they're here. When you go, they're here. They're here, and they pockets, want you to know that pockets. they are still here. Yeah, but yes. they're in pockets, right? Yeah. Like if you're in certain areas in this country, yes. But just by and large, you could see a black person just about anywhere in this country. Yeah, even yeah, in Montana, we out you, here. We out here. Yeah. But as much as they hate that, we are in fact out here. Yes. Yeah, we out here. We ain't going nowhere. We're not going nowhere. And our children will still be taught our history in the home. Hopefully. In the home. Hopefully. Okay. Maybe. The reason, a lot of the reason why we know uh, the facts about our history in the home is because we had grandparents 
and great grandparents who actually lived through it and could tell you, okay. you know, I was there when Dr. King, you know, you like we actually but, have people in the home who live through I, these things. But okay, so I'm of that generation mm-hmm. where we didn't there was a time where it wasn't as explicit as it is now. There was a time where racism was wasn't underground. It still came out in a lot of ways, but you know, I have some friends that are just like, that are just like, I have experienced no racism. I'm like, what? Yes, you have. I was there when you experienced the racism. Yeah. I was there when you got accepted into a major university, a, a more academically pr- uh, prestigious university over the University of Maryland, which by the way is a prestigious it's a academic public, university. It's a public ivy. So yeah. just putting uh, that out there. I was there when my friend got into a prestigious academic school and all of our white classmates were like, how did you get into school? And this idiot, I'm not going to tell you what he was saying, but I had to pull him aside and be like, yo, stop saying this. We're in calculus class together. You actually do your homework. Not only that, you was a sports star. You played in the band. You had extracurricular activities and your SAT scores were good. Guess what? You're smarter than them. That's the reason why you got in. Yes. Uh, but, but there are some people of, of my generation that are just like, I haven't experienced that. We know who they are because they're the Tim Scott's of the world. Mm-hmm. That's my generation, whether I want to admit it or not. Yes. Yeah. He only slightly older than me. Yeah. Slightly. Not that so, not, Yeah. Not that much. Uh, so I worry, I worry, like if I ever had kids, of course they would know the history. I'm a historian. Yeah. But not everybody is an historian. Not everybody looks out to learn more and more about history, even though they get older. Some people, their history is what they learned in school. And in college, unless you're taking history courses, you're not, there's no history electives that you have to take. History is pretty much over if you wanted to be in high school. I think we need to just divest from Florida. Um, we're already starting. We're already starting. Like Latinos pieced Florida out on mass. So no, they didn't. What are you talking about? The Cuban population? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the migrant workers and hotel Uh, workers and construction workers and everybody saying we don't have to work here. Right. We can leave. Um, and I'm talking about a lot of black conventions that were, I think the um, black engine, black engineers convention, which would have been like 15,000 people pulled out of Florida. Um, okay. People are pulling out. I mean, there's what we really need is Disney to pull out. If Maryland could somehow find a whole strip of land. We got where... it. We got it somewhere. It might they be can't even West... build a purple line. That's that's the <laughs> that's where you gotta you gotta contend with a bunch of uh you know rich folks that don't want that don't want public transportation access because that brings mm. what they believe is an undesirable population. But and sometimes it does bring undesirable sometimes population. Sometimes it does. Sometimes yeah, it does. A, but yeah, it's like sometimes it does. You can't always insulate yourself from the reality of life, and sometimes you need to see that undesirable population, quote unquote, so that you know that there is a problem out there with yeah. homelessness. Um, yeah. There is a problem out there with our mental health facilities closing, with our shelters and missions closing. 
that there mm-hmm. is a problem that needs to be addressed and you can either be a part of that problem or to, by closing your eyes or you can be a part of the solution. And so right. well, that's going to speak to all of this stuff. You can either sit back and let your children get a Florida education. And I really hope that that becomes a pejorative. Like, I really hope that the idea of getting a Southern education becomes a mark against your child because, and it's not your child's fault, it's your fault for keeping your child in that school. Mm-hmm. But I really mm-hmm. hope that. <laughs> well, some people don't have a choice, right? Some like, people don't it's have not, a choice. It's, it, yeah, it's not, you can't, it's, it's really expensive to just pick up and move. You got, and, and there's no guarantee that where you move to is going to have opportunities that provide, for, that you can provide for your family. So people are just stuck. It's the politicians. It's the politicians. Let's put, let's put the blame squarely on the politicians. But I, I would be remiss if I didn't explain the book that Tele, Telehasi Coates wrote mm-hmm. Between the World and Me. So let me just tell you what I they're banning. I should have brought my copy. Uh, of course, you would have a copy. You know, I got a copy. Uh, I know you do. <laughs> so the book was published in 2015, and the book was written by him, mm-hmm. uh, and it was written as a letter from him to his teenage son about his experience of being black in America and addressing racism and violence based on the skin color, based on his skin color in society. Mm-hmm. It explores the themes of race, identity, and history, and it's won numerous awards. Yes. So all he's doing, basically. He's writing his biography. Yes. That that's just like anyone Oppen- else. We did a whole there's a whole three hour movie on Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. And nobody is sitting there protesting that movie. And maybe they should, because he's the creator that decimated he, yes. so many people. Like there were innocent people that died and were scarred for generations because we dropped two of those bombs innocent people that had nothing to do with it mm-hmm. now me being a history major i will tell you they were not going to give up <laughs> they, they that government was not going to give up yeah we had to do something but we didn't but necessarily have to do that we didn't necessarily yeah. have to do that and nobody's out there protesting protesting that and my, he he had problems with what he created because yeah, he saw. I, I would too. The, yeah, I he saw the devastation bomb. and destruction. Right, right. But <laughs> but we we definitely learn about him in history. Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, he's a proud American that helped us win the war. Right. Well, okay. Whatever costs. All I'm saying is, when you don't tell the truth about your history, you're lying to the future. Well said. Plain and simple. You don't tell the truth about your history, you're lying to your future. And, so. So, and some of this, though, we can blame on the children because it was kids that reported uh, Ms. Woods. Yes, it was. I, I And I'm... Trying to get out too, of an assignment. Well, too often adults dismiss children as, as not being smart enough because they think of themselves as children. I have a friend of mine, she's 60 years old. She thinks of herself as a child and she was, we'll get into it next, obedient, right? Mm -hmm. Like she didn't really question things. And these Mm -hmm. kids nowadays question everything. I just saw in the news earlier today that a Gen Zer created an app to teach Gen Zers about finance. Beautiful idea. It should actually be a class 
taught in high school. Uh, yes, we have. But, we have all said that. Yes, the, yeah. the fact that they don't teach basic finance as a required course in this country just lets you know that they want yeah. capitalism to suffocate and drown you. Yes. Uh, what's my girl Greta? Greta Thornburg is yes. that her name? Yes. Okay. People are often talking about. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Her parents are putting her up to this. No, young Greta is informed and is intelligent. Mm -hmm. And this idea that this these young kids are not smarter than we were at their age is ridiculous. Now, do they do some dumb stuff like drinking Tide pods? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But mm -hmm. my generation uh, would put vodka in a syringe and shoot it up. Yeah. So we every generation does nobody's, something stupid. Nobody is that smart. Except, I preface except, all of that. Except millennials. Um, mm, 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 yeah. Mm, we're, I, I'm, we're, mm, we're, yeah. we're not dumb. We're traumatized. There's a difference. Okay. <laughs> but, so I don't want to disrespect their intelligence. Mm -hmm. I will say they might have not gotten this idea strictly from themselves. This has oh, been a, a growing thing. I, but this has been a growing. Well, what I mean by that is this has been a growing theme throughout the last couple of years mm -hmm. of parents saying, don't want to traumatize our kids and make them feel guilty. Would they have felt guilty if their parents hadn't put that in? If, if parents weren't out there saying that? Yeah, there are there so? are think, there are children. There are children who grow up in racist households just, who internalize again, that. It was their parents that put it in their head. Yeah, right? but uh, it wasn't but, their natural but at thought. At what point are you? This is a high school AP English class. At I, what it, point are I, you it responsible? It might be AP. It was AP it class. It, it was, was AP. AP. Okay. Yeah. Okay. At what point are you responsible for developing your own sort of ideology? Mm, I don't think I developed my own ideology until I became a an adult. And when and when I say adult. Not eighteen. I definitely like, had. I definitely had an ideology at uh, sixteen. I, well, I did, but there were still elements of my parents' teachings yeah. that were still prevalent in me um, until I got to my late twenties, and until I started being like, "Well, wait a minute, hold up." I don't know that I necessarily believe in that. Yeah, and, and it took a while. It took a while because there's a question of respect mm -hmm. and obedience. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that next. Speaking of respect and obedience, mm -hmm. there was a TikTok that uh, I saw on, uh, you know, in the airwaves out there in the streets that yeah. I thought was important. Again, um, no one's in the streets. No one. The streets are empty because the, well, the block is hot. The block is hot. But let me let me let me play this. Oh God! Of course, of course, my phone is messing up. Uh, All right, here we go. Yeah, here we go. I can't get the sound to come on. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Now, now well, I know I'm done. getting old. Yeah. Now I know I'm getting now old. Now how I do I watch this? All right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I got it, ladies and gentlemen. With some technical difficulties, but I finally, I got. No, nope, I didn't get it. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, 
What does being respectful mean to you? He looked very puzzled. So I said, I have my three-year-old over there. Like, how would I explain to him what it means to be respectful? And he said, well, following the rules. And well, obviously, there's no rule about wearing a hat in the library. And I said, well, following the rules, that would be obedience, not respect, right? And he goes, well, same thing. You have to respect your elders. I said, well, what do you mean by that? Again, he looked very puzzled. He said, well, if I tell you it's disrespectful to take your hat off, you take your hat off. I go, again, it sounds like you're describing obedience, not respect. I said, respect to me is to be kind and understanding of other people. After that, I just introduced myself and I shook his hand and I said, I really hope you have a nice day. And he left and it was fine. This is the perfect example of the difference between authoritarian parenting and conscious parenting. Authoritarian parenting confuses respect and obedience. And to follow rules for the sake of following rules. And often those rules are based off of preferences, not logic. So I'm trying to teach my son question and challenge. That's okay. That is courtesy of Sandy Wozniski, a stress coach, stress, stress coach that you can find on TikTok. Uh, I found that very, very interesting because um, we, I think me and you have often questioned, had that question and not frame it as respect versus obedience, mm -hmm. like specifically say respect versus obedience. Because we talk about our parents and one of mom's favorite line was do what I say, not as I do. And I yeah. was like, well, well, that's, mm, that's obedience. That's not necessarily respect. Respect would be, uh, tell me why you want me to do this and why you don't do it. And if you say, well, my room's a mess because I work all day. And when I come home, the last thing I want to do is clean up the room because I have to cook for you feed you guys, get you guys ready for bed, help you with whatever homework that you have to do. And I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Whereas all you have to do is eat, sleep, go to school and play. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I want you to clean your room and why my room might not be clean. I might be like, you know what? Kind of got a point because I don't want to be out here paying no bills. Right. Uh, but once again, parenting is tiring. Yeah. You got a job. You don't want to explain stuff. But I think kids can grow from something like that. If you, kid, people think kids are stupid, kids aren't stupid. Kids if you are talk not to them, yeah, you you could talk. You could talk to them, not quite like an adult, but you could talk to them, and they'll they they can they can figure things out and put things yeah. together and be like, oh, because kids will question you real fast if things don't make sense. Yes, very quickly they'll hit you with that. Why? Mm. Right. Mm. You just gonna keep asking that after I give. An explanation, a half-assed explanation. <laughs> right. You know, that was a that was a very boomer interaction. And yes, I'm yeah. one of those millennials that don't like boomers. Um mm. it's a very that's a very boomer thing to say to conflate uh obedience with respect. Um again, I'm nobody's parent, but I am somebody's child, so I can always speak to parenting from that perspective. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not, I, I'm not going to be that kind of parent that teaches my child to be blindly obedient. I think we had a really good, we had a very interesting, our parents had a very interesting parenting style where they did teach us to find out the information for ourselves, to question things, to find our own path, 
but they still also had that kind of old school, <laughs> very much just do what I say because I said so. And even though you're confused as to the why behind your what you're doing, they feel like that's not something you need to know. You need to just do what I said because I am telling you. But I'm like, but you also told me to question things. So I'm right. really kind of confused about the messaging I'm receiving. Um, but I saw this great TikTok and it was, what is the one uh, very unserious generational thing that you're not doing with your children? And it was it was specifically Black people answering this, but it was pretty much open to anybody and uh, a lot of them were things like, I do have McDonald's money. If my, Like, you know, I do have McDonald's money. And we can go to McDonald's if that's what you want. Like, we, I'm not going to tell you no just for the sake of telling you no if mm. I don't have to. No, I'm not going to wake my kids up early on Saturday morning to do chores that can be done in the afternoon. I'm going to let them get some sleep the same way I would like some sleep after working all week. Mm -hmm. My children worked all week also. They went to school for much longer than I was at work. (laughs) How do you feel? How do you feel about making the bed? Um, I don't make my bed and guess what? My bills are still paid. So I don't understand. I, I think if it's your room, um, within reason, you know, I think it's important to teach children to have respect for their own things. Mm, like yes. these are your uh, these yes. are your things. You should want to keep them in good condition. Um, my room might not be the cleanest, but the rest of my house is because that's you talking about you personally as an per- adult right me now. Personally as an adult, me and you are the exact same. Yeah, because the rest of my house, I keep my on mess. point. Yeah, I keep my <laughs> room in my disaster. room. Yeah, there's <laughs> still folded clean clothes on one side of my bed, and I sleep on the other side. That is the whole you, point. You and mom do that. Yeah. I can't. I don't fold the clothes. They stay in the basket. The no. clean clothes come out of the dryer, go in a basket. I got two baskets. I got a clean hamper and a dry hamper because I'm not folding the clothes. Yeah. Like it's just, I, no, I folded the clothes. They're ready to go in the drawer. <laughs> they just have not been put in the drawer yet. Yeah, um, that's a, that's a point. I, I can't <laughs> understand that one. And but I okay. will sleep on the other half of the bed and be fine <laughs> and be just fine. Um, but yeah, just things like that that's just so so unserious and for what reason? You know, and and this idea of of blind obedience for the sake of being obedient is the same it's in the same vein of saying no just for the sake of saying no. Mhm. I will say because we're not parents, there's an element that I don't think that we think about a lot and I think it's about you know when I talk to parents it's just like I, I know if I was a parent, I would be a helicopter parent mm-hmm. because I'd be so nervous and scared that they would hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the things, a lot of things that our parents did was just so that we wouldn't hurt ourselves. Yeah. And it was just like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, because you're going to end up hurting yourself. Mm-hmm. And that and that's got to be a legitimate fear. I'm not a parent, but if I had a kid, that would be a legitimate fear. Like, look, they're not going to go on the, not the monkey bars, the seesaw. The kids ain't going on no seesaw. That's 
That's that's how when fingers come, get chopped off. Come, no, your fingers are not going to get chopped off. Yeah, no, no. And they're not going on the uh, West America round. It wasn't called the the America round, but it is called the America round. That's still that's still contraption. Yes. Mar- no, my kid's not playing on that. That's they're going to knock out all the, their front teeth. You're literally taking away the funnest, the two funnest things at the park. Yeah, they'll be safe though. That is insane. They'll be safe. You could they just, ride you could a just bike? ride. No the, you could just ride those things with them. <laughs> You can ride the seesaw with them or get on the merry-go-round. No, I want my kids to get skinny knees and other stuff. No, but see, you you and our brother almost died several times. Almost. Out there in the streets. The operative word is almost. (laughs) But several times, almost. Almost. Maybe maybe mom and dad had it right. Maybe they had it right. Maybe they should have been strict and we should have been more obedient because we almost died several times. But they were great ideas and they were cool ideas if I could have executed them well. <laughs> they would have been epic. I just, That's like me. The execution was poor on a lot of these things is what you... There was no execution for me to tell my brother in a wrestling match to have a deck wrestling match and the winner of the wrestling match is the, some, is the person that throws the other person off the deck and the deck is 15 feet in the air. And I tell him, you're going to win this match. You throw me off the deck. Yeah. I'm six, 15 years old. I could have blew out my knee. Uh, yeah, again, it's execution. Uh, you should have had some cushions down below, some something that should have you. You know, like if we had had a trampoline, we didn't grow up. We weren't trampoline kids. We didn't have trampoline nah. growing up. But if we had, that would have been a great thing to have just under there. Uh, you know, it's execution. Kids die on trampoline every day. Kids don't. <laughs> That's not a real statistic. You can't well, just throw that out there. <laughs> kids die on trampolines every day, B. No. No, but seriously, uh, respect is different than obedience. Yes. And uh, people need to learn that. And I hope my generation, whatever generation I'm in, I don't know if I'm Gen X or Millennial. It goes back and forth. I want to claim Millennial more than Gen X. Um, You're on the cusp. Let's just say I'm on, that. I'm, I'm right there on that border. But I think, you know, when I talk to my friends and their kids, they're just good parents. Yeah. They're good parents. Yeah. And I think this generation is learning from the last generation. Not like the last generation was bad. The last ge- generation was better than the generation before that. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of us Gen X and millennials have boomer parents and we may, we're making a lot of different decisions Mm-hmm. than our parents yeah. made. Um, and a, a lot of that is is including, you know, we're not just going to give respect to elders simply because you got old. Because God willing, that's where all of us are going to end up. And that doesn't confer any kind of respect. Like that doesn't mm-hmm. give you anything additional just because you got old. Well, 100% of us, yeah. you know... <laughs> We all gonna go sometime. Like none of us are okay, gonna make yeah, it okay. out of here alive. Okay, <laughs> right. But not all of us get old. Not all of us are gonna get old. But get that old, doesn't right. give you any extra anything just because you lived longer than I did. Like, right. I'm. I'm not gonna. If my child don't want to give you a hug, she don't have to. He doesn't have nah. to. Um. Like they, these are little things that you were kind of forced to do that we remember. No, that made me uncomfortable. Or no, I never liked that. I'm not going to force mm-hmm. my kids to do the same type of things. 
So yeah, it's true. I, I see my my friends as parents, and I'm like, y'all are good. Y'all are great parents. Y'all are really mm-hmm. out here doing it. It's not me, but uh, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day. And yeah. and this is what I will say mm-hmm. to, to finish off of what you're saying about age does not guarantee you respect. I naturally give everybody respect initially. Yes. I give respect until there's a time to be disrespectful. Mm-hmm. If there's no Reason for me to be disrespectful? I am always respectful. I'll cuss an old lady out. I don't have a problem with that. I won't hesitate. I won't hesitate to cuss anybody out. I'll Mm-mm. cuss anybody out, except for except for my mama and my daddy. I won't. I won't yeah. cuss them out. But I but won't. I, listen, you can. And get, if you my grandparents were still alive, I wouldn't cuss them out neither. You can get it just like anybody else. If you come at me, if you come at me wrong or reckless. You can get it just like anybody else, okay? Look, Jay, I was just getting ready to ask you. opportunity. I will cuss anybody out. I don't give a damn. I was just getting ready to ask you what do you want to say to the people out there, but that was it. That was it. You you can get it just like anybody else. (laughs) All right, hold on. Do it one more time. Jay, what do you want to tell the people out there? You can get it just like anybody else. My mouth is equal opportunity. I will cuss you out. (laughs) Out, in, down, up, out. I don't give a damn what it is. Inside out, you can get it just like anybody else. Period. <laughs> and on that note, as always, I'll holla. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, out of 5,000. Peace.